It's really good to be back on Search the Scriptures today. What a blessing to be with all of our listeners. Thank you for tuning in. We appreciate your being there. We are so encouraged by hearing from you, and we have heard from a great many of you. Many of those who live in the Omaha area where we're based actually have visited with us, worshiped with us uh, at services at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. And we hope that those of you who are in other areas where this program is broadcast, that you'll find the Church of Christ in your area and visit and worship and study with them. Our goal on this program is to bring God glory by teaching his word accurately and effectively. And in so doing, helping those who can listen to this program, to who can study with us, to come closer to God, to grow in their faith. Faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. And we wanna help you grow in your faith. And as you grow in your faith, we pray that you're coming closer and closer to God in your life and that you ultimately will make that decision to follow God, to come to him his way. That is our prayer and we really do care about you and we do pray for you diligently. It's all, always wonderful for me and a blessing to me to be able to study with you in this program along with my brothers, Dwayne Kennedy and Dennis Stackhouse. Dwayne, good to be back with you. Thanks, Gary. It's good to be on the program with you, and it's good to have our listening audience. It's always encouraging to know that we have so many tuning in and studying with us in these days of God's favor. And I say we live in days of God's favor because God is patient with us. God has loved us. He's demonstrated that, as we've taught on this program in many ways. And God is waiting for us to draw nearer to him, even us who are sinners. God has made the way that we might appear before him having our sins washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ. And we aim to help you understand that on this program. And we hope that you are, in fact, understanding that and making the changes in your life that you might take advantage of God's favor. It's good to be on the program with Dennis Stackhouse. Thank you, Duane and Gary. I am certainly blessed to be with you on the program today, as always. I look forward to these times when we can open up God's Word and share what we find there with all of our listeners here on Search the Scriptures. And we're certainly pleased you've tuned in to us today. Thank you for listening to this program. And you're so right, Duane, that God is patient with us, and what a wonderful thing that He is. Yeah. I mean, just consider the alternative to that. Uh, we're told, actually, in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, that God does not desire for anyone to perish, but rather that we all come to repentance. Right. And he is exercising his patience toward us, even as we speak, giving us the opportunity to be freed from the sin that may be holding us in bondage right now. That is a rather sobering concept, isn't it? It really is. God is being patient with us right this moment, giving mm -hmm. us time. Now, we want to launch into a new study today. We want to talk about freedom. Freedom. You uh, mentioned something, Dennis, in preparation for our program today that I thought was uh, put well. Mm -hmm. Well, you think about it, Gary. You know, as American people, we really cherish freedom. You know, we can go back in our history and point to the time when we literally and actually fought for it, 
when people shed their blood because they believed so highly in freedom and cherished it so much and desired it so greatly. They were willing to put their life on the line for it. And you know, when you think about it, as precious as that freedom is we enjoy in this country, it's a freedom from tyranny. But it's not nearly as important as the freedom that God offers us, which is freedom from sin. Right. And sin's condemnation. Yes. Oh, my word. That's right. Yes. You know, you, you made the point that we have in this country typically counted freedom precious and dear. Absolutely. And, of course, as you said, we, well, not we, but our forefathers, fought that war for independence mm -hmm. that began back in 1776 and lasted for a long time. It did. Long time. Mm -hmm. Now, we struggled with this concept of freedom. We have debated it back and forth. We have made laws uh, assuring it. We have adjusted those laws. We certainly have the Constitution that, that affirms our freedom. And yet, again, we've had to figure out just what that means and to what extent and in what ways that we are free. We know that there's some things we're not free to do. Mm -hmm. We're not free to, to harm other people mm -hmm. at a whim. Yes. Uh, we're not free to break the laws of the land without mm -hmm. having to pay the consequences for that. Mm -hmm. and, and so we keep struggling. We, you know, we keep struggling trying to figure out what is this freedom? How should we properly understand it? How, how should it be properly applied? And we continue to make laws virtually constantly that are guaranteed, or at least they're devised, to guarantee and protect the freedom to make our own choices to be able to come and go as we please. Mm -hmm. And we keep seeing where people cross the line and they try to make laws that compromise that freedom to mm -hmm. one degree or another. Right. And so the debate rages back and mm -hmm. forth. It keeps going back and forth and back and forth. Mm -hmm. Now, a great many people who originally settled this nation were motivated to come here for freedom. Yes. And one of the primary freedoms that they were seeking out was freedom of religion. That's yes. correct. To be able to come here and worship God as they saw the Bible to teach that he should be worshiped. Mm -hmm. Now, we, of course, remember the Declaration of Independence that was signed back in 1776 that declared our intention to be free people, free from the tyranny, free from the rule of the nation of England or any other nation mm -hmm. or any other group of individuals. And as you said, we fought that war to gain, to win, to ensure that freedom. Yes. Now, freedom, I think, is something that tyrants and dictators fear yes. to a great extent. Because once their people taste freedom, oh, they never want to go back mm -hmm. to the way they lived before. They'll fight for it. They will fight for it, mm -hmm. and they'll overthrow their governments 
in order to obtain it and That's maintain right. it. Exactly. Now, as you said, though, we're talking here in this study about a freedom that far surpasses what our Constitution guarantees us as citizens of this land. That's right. And isn't it something how people around the world in so many nations have for so many generations looked at the United States from afar and longed to come here mm -hmm. and be part of us yes. because of our freedom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in many ways, what was created here in this country so many years ago has been a standard that people around the world have sought. Yes, and have tried to emulate That's to one right. degree or another. Well, there's a freedom movement at work in the world today that advocates a freedom that is deeper and more far-reaching than anything happening on the political or military scene anywhere in the world today or that ever has happened mm -hmm. from a material or secular point of view in That's this right. world, ever. And that, of course, is freedom from sin. Yes. Freedom from the guilt of sin. Mm -hmm. In Genesis chapter 2 and verse 17, we first have the concept, the very concept of sin introduced to us. How does that read, Dwayne? But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Now, when I say that is where we first have the concept of sin introduced to us. We never read anything about sin until Genesis chapter 2 and verse 17. Right. The first chapter deals with the creation. The mm -hmm. second chapter, a long part of it, deals with the creation. Mm -hmm. Now, here we find the man who has been created by God and placed in the garden, he is given a prohibition. Mm -hmm. And that prohibition is, here's a tree that bears the knowledge of good and evil. Don't touch it. Right. Mm -hmm. And with that, Gary, we might also include the fact that the man was given a choice. Yes, he was. At this point, he could choose to either obey God or disobey God. Yes. Now, some would look at that, Dennis and Duane, and they would say, well, that was pretty unfair by God, wasn't it? He, he, could, have, he could have fixed it so the man would not eat of that tree. Mm -hmm. Or he could have fixed it so that tree did not even exist. Certainly he could have. But you see, in that regard, then, that would have meant that mankind that God created in his own image would have not been free moral agents. That's right. They could not have chosen. Mm -hmm. God would have removed the ability, the opportunity for them to choose to do right. At that point, had that happened, we could think, or I think we could say that God would have robots as opposed to human beings, unthinking, unable to make choices that would be detrimental or contrary to what he had said. Sure, programmed to not be able to sin. 
That's right. Or have absolutely no ability to recognize sin. Yes. Yes. And that, again, that means we have no choice. That's right. And how could we be like that if we were truly created in God's image? Mm Mm-hmm with understanding and with the ability to comprehend righteousness and to see the difference between righteousness and unrighteousness. Mm -hmm. So the opportunity was there for the man, but the opportunity was there for the man to stay faithful too, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Just because that tree was there. Now again, some people say, well, that, that that wasn't very fair of God to do that, to put man in that compromised position. Wait a minute. The man could have chosen to not touch the, the fruit of that tree. Right. Mm-hmm. There were other trees in the garden. He didn't have to mess with that one. No. And apparently for a while, he did choose not to partake of the fruit of that tree. Right. And only after a period of time did he succumb to the temptation and eat of that fruit. That's right. All right, so there's, there's the first introduction of the very concept of sin into the history of mankind. Genesis 2 and verse 17, and God warned him, in the day that you eat thereof, you shall surely die. Mm-hmm. Now, what are the wages of sin, Dennis? Well, Paul tells us in Romans 6 verse 23 that the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. Mm-hmm. Now we see the other side of the ledger there in that same verse, though, don't we? Well, we do. The last phrase reads, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So there's the choice again. The man had that choice in the garden. You don't have to eat of this tree. Mm-hmm. It's there, Adam. Mm-hmm. I'm warning you, this is a dangerous tree. You do not touch it. You do not mm-hmm. eat of its fruit. To do so is to bring death to you. Mm-hmm. He could have chosen not to eat of that tree. The wages of sin is death, Romans 6, 23, but the gift of God is eternal life. Both of those are within our range of choices. Which Mm -hmm. do we want? Yes. Do we want death due to sin or do we want eternal life Mm -hmm. through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? And we don't often think of it that way, that we either choose death or we choose life. But in reality, that's exactly what we do, depending upon whether or not we express obedience to God. And we express that obedience, not just verbally. No. Not merely verbally, but we express that obedience by the way we live our lives. That's exactly right. We live in obedience or we live in disobedience. That's right. We need to be thinking about our choice. We need to be making the right choice. And as we did in our last series of programs, we don't need to be careless about that. We don't need to be careless about our souls and our decision to choose eternal life. We have to be careful to not be careless. Now, in Ezekiel chapter 18 and verse 4, Duane, what do we read there? Behold, all souls are mine. The soul of the Father as well as the soul of the Son is mine. The soul who sins shall die. The soul that sins shall die. Now that places the responsibility for sin squarely upon the soul that commits the sin. Right. Mm -hmm. 
Now, if we had some time, we could go into a deeper study along this line, take a little bit of a side trip, and we could, we could demonstrate how the scriptures clearly and emphatically, and I'm not exaggerating when I say emphatically, teach that nobody bears the guilt of anybody else's sin. And it's interesting that even in this 18th chapter of Ezekiel, that's what the people thought. If we go back to the second verse of Ezekiel 18, what do you mean when you use this proverb concerning the land of Israel saying, the fathers have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge? Hmm. You know, the, the people were in essence telling God, we're going to be responsible for the sins of our fathers and our forefathers. And God says, no. The soul that sins will die. Yes. And it's amazing how this whole, this, this whole doctrine of total hereditary depravity has come about. No scripture basis for it whatsoever. No. No. And that is why some religious groups supposedly baptize babies. Yes. Because they teach that those babies are born in sin, mm -hmm. guilty of the sins of their forefathers. Yes. Now, what a concept that is. Yes. And yet it's believed on such a widespread basis. But here clearly, right from Scripture, we're told exactly the opposite. Mm -hmm. The soul that sins shall die. Right. That's correct. We'll each bear our own guilt of our own sins. And we're not going to bear the guilt of anybody else's sins. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful I don't have to bear the guilt of my predecessors, and I'm thankful that my children and grandchildren don't have to bear the guilt of my sins. Mm -hmm. Now, there may be some consequences of sin yes. that generations suffer, but it's not the guilt of the sin. That's right. Simply the consequences. In Revelation 21 and verse 27, we read of a description of those who will be in heaven or what heaven will be like. Dennis, what does that say? But there shall by no means enter it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Nothing that defiles, nothing that causes an abomination. In other words, we're saying, there's going to be no sin in heaven. That's right. exactly the case. No sinfulness. Heaven is going to be a place of righteousness, absolute righteousness. Absolute righteousness. wonder what that's going to be like. <laughs> that's so foreign to what we're accustomed to in this life. You know, it is, Gary, but it's a great motivation to want to go there. Yeah. <laughs> And we will have been made that way by the blood of Christ, which takes away our sins. Yes. It yes. will be as if we have not sinned because yes. God will have blotted it out. Mm -hmm. Probably every one of us and every one of our listeners from time to time have found themselves in a setting where they were very uncomfortable just because of the way things looked. 
and they realized kind of the, the internal alarm started to go off and they realized, I need to get out of here. This is not a good place for me. This is dangerous. Mm-hmm. Not, nothing like that in heaven. No, not at all. Nothing like that. I remember my wife and I were, were visiting in a big city, big, one of the biggest cities in the country a number of years ago. And we had actually lived there, you know, some time before. And so we were back visiting and we were taking a drive down in one particular section of the city. And we came along, we looked at this neighborhood and that was neat and it was kind of a tourist area. We drove a little bit farther and all of a sudden there was a crime scene taped off. And we, we recognized, particularly my wife recognized quickly, we're in a different neighborhood. Yeah. And she quickly, you know, her internal alarm started going on. She said, well, turn around. We need to get out of here. And probably every one of us have found ourselves in those kinds of settings mm-hmm. where we got off into a neighborhood where all of a sudden we realized this is dangerous, at mm-hmm. least potentially so. Mm-hmm. Absolute absence of that kind of setting that could cause that kind of alarm in heaven. No bad neighborhoods, no crime scenes, no places of danger. You're right, Dennis. That ought to be a tremendous motivation for us to want to get there. Surely should. Since sin will keep us out of heaven, as we have read, then we need freedom from the guilt of sin Mm -hmm. in our lives right now so that we're not not in danger of having to miss heaven. My friends, if you'll contact us today, we'll send you that free Bible study that uh, that we always offer. When we say it is free, we mean exactly that. We'll pay the postage even. We don't want you to send us anything for it. We don't ask for offerings or donations or love offerings or gifts of some kind or contributions or however they're they're kind of couched on some radio programs, and then we'll send you a free Bible study. That doesn't sound free to us. We'll send it to you. We'll pay the postage. We don't want you to send us anything for it. Just get into the study and study God's Word and see how you can be set free from sin in your life. We hope to hear from you today.